Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome listeners to this Mastering Life podcast, where um, in today's episode, I want to discuss something um, around the the world through the eyes of a, of a young person, because much is said about, well, let me quote to you something that I hear in the UK that I hear very regularly. These young ones nowadays, they've got no respect, unquote. So I want to challenge that. Um and I want to challenge that uh, with the input of a young lady uh, called Julia Searcy. And um, whether Julia discloses her age, that's entirely up to her. I, sh- I shan't be doing that. Um, so, yeah, um, Julia, welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> and, okay, first of all, do you want to respond to that accusation that, that um, you know, that I've heard so many times? What's your views on that? Uh, I don't think it's a lack of respect. I just completely think that different generations are brought up completely differently. And obviously you're going to have a few, a handful of people that don't have respect and they maybe haven't brought, been brought up in the right way, but you can't categorise a whole group just based on that. Mm. We, we can't stereotype young people no more than we can stereotype older people. Uh, male feel me or black white whatever whatever they're, they're just labels aren't they yeah completely okay so but what i want to try and um to do if i can is use that sort of wrong but sensationalist statement to dig around and say well there are obvious differences uh, there are differences within people full stop irrespective of whatever labels they've got uh but more sort of generically some of the stark differences between the younger generation and the older generation. What, what's your views on on what they may be? What was that? Sorry. Well, the, the big, the, the, you know, the, the perceptions of the world as compared to, say, the some of the stuff that you may hear from an older person yeah. and how you view it as a younger person. You say, well, there's a big gap there. So what, what's your sort of, some obvious ones? Well, I think the main thing for us really is technology. We're kind of told what what's right and what's wrong to think about, uh, to what your beliefs are on everything. It's like the whole equality debate at the minute that's going crazy. I've got my own opinions on it, but I feel like with social media, it's telling me that what I think is wrong. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, are you are you okay to dig down on? I mean, your own opinions. I, I I certainly want to hear your own opinions because, you know, whether they're yours personally or they are a reflection of inverted commas young people generally. Um, so a bit of authenticity there, listeners. We are actually in Julia's home and um, joined by Dexter, the family dog. So uh, thanks for that input, Dexter. Very welcome. Um, sorry, Julia. Um, yeah. So do you, do you care to elaborate on that, what you've just said? Well, it's like you're told that you have to, everyone's 
I mean, I, I agree everyone needs to be treated equally, but it's going a bit too too far in the fact that you can do the slightest thing and it's wrong. You can, everyone is kind of misinterpreting other people's input about things. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, if instead of getting so angry about, if someone, just say someone says the wrong thing about your gender or whatever, whatever topic, topic it's on, instead of getting angry about it, why aren't we more respectful and why don't we try and educate people more rather than just getting angry about it? Because it is a new thing mm. and we, you just can't expect people to be completely educated in it straight away. Yeah. I mean, we've all got our own opinions. We've all got our own conditioning. We've all got our own beliefs around things. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm keen to continue this thread. So, you know, g- give, give, give me an example, Julie, of something that, um, whether it's you personally or you as a representation of younger people um, feel strongly about that maybe somebody of more senior years might not quite get where you're coming from. A atypical example for it. Um, anything. Anything at all. Um, well, going back to the, the teenagers, they don't have any respect kind of thing. Mm. I've actually spoke to quite a few uh, baby boomer, that kind of generation for research for um some of my projects in the past and they all kind of say oh um young people corporal corporal punishment doesn't exist for them anymore and that's why we don't respect anyone but that's not some that's something i completely disagree with i mean we don't we don't punish prisoners by smacking them do we so why would we do that to our own children Mm. i don't think i don't think that's the the problem but i think a lot of people do kind of think that that was a lot of I heard a lot about that when I was doing my research. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's a great one actually to focus in on. That really is because, you know, corporal punishment per se, uh, I mean, that's a massive debate in its own right. I think the point that probably people are trying to make there from my own understanding and conversations along this line with previous people um, is around setting boundaries. Certainly as one of more senior years, I think that the boundaries um, in society generally have been blurred so much. Um, And I know with the work I do with young people, they actually respect boundaries once they're put in front of them. Yeah. Um, If they don't, by their own admission, you know, they'll, they'll play with them. They'll flirt with them. They'll test them. They'll push them. That, that actually is a trait of human nature. We all do that. That's not something that's, um, you know, just the uh, the privilege of the young, so to speak. So, as I say, the corporal punishment thing specifically, well, that's a whole different debate. But I think um, boundaries have been definitely been blurred, softened, alleviated. Call it what you will over the years, undoubtedly. Um, I mean, what's your what's your response, Julia, in terms of reinforcement of boundaries? How, how do you feel? You know, what, what's your reaction to that? I think I think the more you the more boundaries you set on someone, the more they're going to kind of rebel against it. I mean, you can only you can't expect someone to completely kind of live by your rules without them rebelling against it. If they are too strict, it's like I was kind of brought up. Um, I didn't really have huge boundaries. I mean, I, I mean, generally, do you think that 
Young people rebel against boundaries. They accept them. Do they need, is there more question in these days of, well, why? What, why? Why have I got to adhere to that boundary? Whereas in the old days, I think certainly in my generation as, as a child, as a young person, you, you just did as you was told because that was the culture. You didn't question, you didn't question it. And I think there's a, there's a more liberal society now where uh, people will question. And I think that's a good thing. I sometimes prod and poke, has it gone too far? Well, what's your thoughts around that? Well, I mean, there is this whole thing that we're called snowflakes, aren't we, as younger people, because we are kind of supposedly babied and we've set all of these boundaries. And But I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it's quite a dangerous world and not even just outside, but online. That's quite dangerous as well. Massive. So, and I think... We've been educated to the point where we know all of the dangers and maybe those boundaries have been set now because back then a lot of the dangers weren't really known. Mm, yeah. So, but I don't, I mean, my mum and dad were quite relaxed. Uh, the only thing was like um, cleaning up and things like that that they really nailed down on. But I, I went out till pretty much whatever time I wanted to. I did. I mean, I rebelled a bit because I ended up like smoking and stuff when I shouldn't when I was um, at a young age. But I still did. It didn't reflect anything else. I did well in school. I'm doing pretty well now. Yeah. But I think I, I don't know whether I think it's gone too far. Mm. I think a lot of people do have that opinion, but I think we kind of have to put more boundaries into place as there's more threats now. Yeah. And we're made him aware of more threats. I mean, of course, obviously the term putting boundaries, I mean, is a very generic term, but in what respect are we talking, you know, spiritually, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally? You know, there's this whole spectrum of what, what is a boundary and what context are we talking mm -hmm. about? Um, yeah, I mean, the world has certainly changed. Um, you know, certainly from my own perspective, I've seen many, many radical shifts, particularly growing up, uh, um, you know, in the 60s and 70s massive changes you know the 60s there's this kind of hippie free love peace and all that kind of thing and on the back of that then the 70s um i think things started to change late 70s early 80s from from my remembering um you know did start to become a lot more liberal um and i think for me now my perception there's almost that went too far that way and now it's going too far again the other way. And it's like that knee jerk, let's let's keep setting, you know, let's redress the balance. And it's kind of that knee jerk from one extreme to the other. And hmm, from my awareness of life, nature will find its own own level in its own time. Yeah. But in between time as people, whether we're young, old or somewhere in between, um, we have to manage the process the best way we can. I think it's just all about adapting, isn't it? It I is mean about, yeah. We've got the comfy, comfortable life now. I mean, we go to the shops, we get everything we need from there. We don't have to go and fight someone for territory or anything like that. I mean, it's we're not primal. It's We've moved on from that. And so times are going to change and everything is going to change because of that. I don't think it's necessarily fair that we've been brought up into this comfy world and we're not kind of fighting for ourselves. But I mean, I'd rather not be going out and trying to fend for myself. Mm. Do you think that's indicative of young people or is that you personally? Mm -hmm. I think I 
wouldn't think that'd be a, a large opinion for many young people because mm. I mean I love I love being able to go on the internet I use it a lot but it's things like that that as young people we rely on so much and although that it can be a really good thing but it can also be really negative because we're not going to books we're not going to like we're not actually going out and trying to find things out for ourselves but we can just find it anywhere on the internet yeah and although you you still have to kind of go out and find them life skills but I don't think it's as hard as it obviously was yeah and and you know that life skills I mean certainly part of the uh my growing up Julia was you know as you say there was no internet there was no you know social media in them days and it was like you formed relationships by actually talking to people you had you know <laughs> there was the, there was no mobile phones I mean, of course there was phones but not mobile phones so this kind of instant gratification world that we now live in that was non-existent you know you had to form a relationship by actually lo and behold talk to somebody you know rather than just flipping them a text and dismissing them I mean that's one thing that I've got particularly um, strong views on them nowadays I almost refuse to get embroiled in any text conversation you know a quick sort of I'm running 10 minutes late uh, 10 minutes late sorry message is fine of course but it seems to me that hell of a lot of the younger generation conduct their whole life by social media they don't actually want to talk to each other and and do things um, face to face anymore I mean is that a fair comment or would you challenge that? Well, yeah, I think for me personally, I am I find it really scary to like ring someone up. I hate ringing the doctor, I hate ringing anyone. I would much rather drop someone an email or drop them a text because it's just quicker and then I can, I don't have to kind of sit there and conduct myself before I make the phone call and calm myself down. But I think what it comes down to with a lot of people is um, a lot of anxiety with young people because... We don't really, I mean, we do have to go out and meet people, but it's easier for us not to these days. Mm. So like for me, going out and when I know I'm going to have to have a face-to-face conversation with someone, it makes me incredibly nervous and I have to completely like plan it in my head, what I'm going right. to say. And I think I think young people are growing up anxious right, of okay. other people. Yeah, of their peers or of society as a whole? I think it depends on you as a person I think there are there will be a lot of young people that aren't really um anxious around their friends Mm. but they would be around like authority or their teachers or strangers whereas for me I feel I don't really trust people of my own age very much okay and I would rather communicate with someone older than me then that's interesting is it I think but that I think that's something that I've got used to with work and dog walking give me an insight. that is a very very interesting insight give me give me a reason almost a reason why that is julia why do you perceive that's the case um i think i would care more about what someone my age would think about me than i would someone older than me and sometimes with older people i feel like they're seeking a conversation and maybe like some of the people i meet you can tell they're lonely and they just Mm. want to talk to someone right and so i know it kind of just get that feeling from them so then I don't feel like what I'm going to say to them they're going to judge me for I just feel like they're going to be grateful for it mm. but obviously young people are unlikely to I mean you will get obviously some but I don't feel like they're out 
very much seeking conversations with people because they can obviously do it online. Interesting perception that uh, with the with the older generation, you think that they're seeking a bit of attention, or that they're, they're no, sorry, that, that was my interpretation, not your words. Um, the fact that you perceive them to be lonely, but I put that back to you, Julie, and say, could it be that actually they're just conversing and communicating in a way that they know? Yeah, it, yeah, I think for a lot of people it would be that, but it's them people that. If when I meet an older person and I can tell they're talking to me about random things, they're telling me like when it's the first time I've met them and they're telling me that they've just moved pharmacy or things like that. Mm. And you can tell from them people that they just want to have someone to talk to. Interaction. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's, it's kind of different when it's just, I meet a dog walker. I think they're, they're more just used to talking and stuff. Mm. And so they've actually really made me comfortable in just randomly having a conversation with a, a random person but I still won't be able to I would feel less comfortable if there was a young person walking their dog and they walked past me I would probably we'd probably end up ignoring each other because you just don't we just don't do that right which is a shame yeah it is yeah um I mean and I think in some respects you it just heightens this you know this focus if you like of the and I will use the word massive difference between the younger generation and the older generation and all these different perceptions. And and you used a very interesting word and the right word, in, in my opinion, earlier on about, you know, being adaptable and being flexible. And I think there is, um, at the risk of sort of sounding over-idealistic, there's a need for that to, to happen with both generations and that generation in between, say, you know, that generation in between me and you, for example. Yeah. Um, cause obviously I'm old enough to, I'm, I'm actually old enough to be a grandfather. <laughs> That's scary. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Well, um, I think just going back on that, I don't think there's, there's not many resources that educate older people about technology and teach them what to do. So you could get a lonely person and they could really actually benefit from social media, just being able to talk to someone. Mm. But maybe they don't know how to use technology and there there aren't enough support for older people to catch them up. And yeah. so they just end up, the word, I can't think of the Well, word. they're full of fear, um, if, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. You're not wishing to put words in your mouth, but I know, you know, yet again, from the endless conversations I've had around this, this particular focus and this subject, that generally... Uh, it's a massive generalisation, which I almost sort of semi-apologise for. But the older generation are very, very, very fearful of, and, and we all are as human beings. Mm-hmm. Things that we don't know about scare us because it's that what if, what if. And the older generation certainly come under that umbrella in the context of social media. Oh, that tinterweb thing. Oh, if I get a computer, will it blow me house up? Well, no. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, okay. Well, what do I do with it then? You know, and honestly, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a sort of uh, empathy there in terms of humour, but it is the reality from a lot of conversations I've had and the perception. Um, there was an American quality guru called Tom Peters, and he said for each and every one of us, perception is all there is. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It makes it our truth. And, you know, to 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 bring it back to the context of this conversation, I think we irrespective of where we sit on that uh, that scale of generation, 
Well, you know, and I'll go back to the word that you used, adapt. We've got to be adaptable and we've got to be empathic towards people. And actually, it's not just an age thing. I mean, this kind of, I think we've got to be careful not to open this conversation up into, it could be very easily become a sort of debate on life in general, um, very easily. You know, we've already kind of flirted a little bit with social media, technology, that kind of thing. And I want to try and keep it focused on, if I can, on the 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 gap, if you like, between the the younger and the older generation, because uh, yeah, if we're not careful. We could uh, we could put the world to rights between us, <laughs> which would be a good podcast actually, because it'd be the young and the older combining for the benefit of the world. So that wouldn't be a bad thing. So we've mentioned social media, um, Julia. From your point of view, is there anything else that's massively significant in terms of how the world's seen through these um, very almost polarised sets of eyes in terms of generations? I think it can be applied to the academic process now because that has changed a lot over the last 50 years. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert, but from what I have researched education, Hmm. the history of education before, that was part of the same thing I researched about um, the corporal punishment thing that I mentioned earlier. But I think it's so, it feels like it's so important for everyone to achieve them high grades. And if you don't, then you're not worthy almost. And I think young people have that stress, but a lot of older people, they kind of, I mean, this is a generalization, but they kind of go, things were so, things are so much easier for you guys. Like, but, it's really not because like I mean house prices are ridiculous it's Mm. hard to get a job really hard to get a job it's there's a lot of things that are falling apart around us but we kind of have to again we have to adapt around that and I think the whole thing of older people again generalization saying that we've got it too easy I just I think that can get in the way of younger people and older people forming relationships because if someone's saying that to you, you're going to get angry, aren't you? Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's an interesting sort of insight yet again. Uh, I keep saying that, but it's true. Um, because I've had, I mean, when you look at actually the, the, the differences in, you know, in, in generation, just to keep it focused on around that one, uh, one topic, um, I mean, I've recently had a conversation with with a guy called um, Mark Mark Hoy. Um, he's from Tucson, Arizona. Um, was was talking about his book, Lasting Hap- Happiness, uh, which which you know the uh, the conversation was recorded uh, and will be um, uh, an episode. Um, but Mark spoke about, irrespective of who we are, culturally, gender. There's one thing that runs through us all. Um, and it was wrapped up in the title of his book called Lasting Happiness. And that, I think over the years, that's all almost become cliched. Give me an insight, Julia, around happiness, what that means to a young person and, and what it means to you. What is happiness? Um, I'll probably get really deep with you now. Because Fine. to be honest with you, the only real happiness I feel like I've got is my dog, to be honest okay. with you. I mean... I don't, the idea of how 
we have to conform to this life, the nine to five life, and mm. we've got to go and out and earn our money working for someone else. That the thought of that as a young person, it just makes me so unhappy and it makes me kind of that I don't want to get older because I don't want to have to do that. Mm. But happiness it comes in depending on who you are as a young person, it comes in different shapes and forms. And to be honest with you, I I don't know what makes me happy and I don't know how to make myself happy. Okay. And I I don't don't really know how other young people feel about that, but I, I find happiness is a really hard thing to obtain for myself personally. Okay. Well, hmm, that's interesting. So just picking up on that, um, that nine to five approach in mm-hmm. how you see, uh, and please challenge me and, and correct me if I've, if I've heard wrongly on this, but how you see that's almost your kind of template for life going forward. Monday to Friday, nine to five, um, and that's the way it is. And, and by your own admission, the thought of that makes you very unhappy. Yeah. Am, I, am I right so far? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, okay. Well, let me challenge that straight away in a most positive way because it doesn't have to be that way. There's yeah. a thing in this world called entrepreneurs, and that is absolutely not the model they subscribe to. Yeah, that's what I think. I want to, I'm hoping that I can find my happiness in the future by maybe going into freelance work and working by myself. Then I can stay at home. I can be with my best friend, my dog. So I can, when I'm getting stressed out, I can just go take him for a walk. And yeah, but I feel like it's so hard to achieve and be successful. Um, I think that's me being pessimistic, but that's maybe, I mean, there again, we don't want to kind of fly away on too many tangents, yeah. but I mean, in its most simplistic terms, Jula, in the most respectful way, I would suggest that that is a conditioned limiting belief. Yeah, I on, agree. On one that can, can, I think, quite easily be overcome. Yeah. Quite easily. A lot of people have done it, but I think I just have that self-doubt where I'm just like, how am I going to do that myself? You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Which I think, I mean, I'd never, well, we, we didn't have any kind of script or agenda about this conversation. And, you know, listeners all know from previous episodes, now I just kind of just, I like to talk to people and find out their world. And it takes us where it takes us. Um, I hadn't kind of uh, focused on asking this question. Uh, I don't know what questions I had focused on, if I'm honest about it. And, and I know that's sort of reciprocal, but... Let me introduce a word then in, in this particular thread, you mentors. Who who in your life do you perceive um, would, would qualify as a mentor? Well, I mean, I think the people in my life, they, they can't really, because of the other things that they've got going on, they can't be there fully. Like they're not trained completely to be mentors, some people that are that I look up to, like my tutors mm. at college, they don't have enough time mm. to, I mean, there's so many cuts that are happening, especially at, for further education, Yeah, that it doesn't enable tutors to actually be able to give us the help that we need. Mm. And we don't like, for, for example, my college, we actually have no, we have no trained counsellors there anymore. They've sacked them all. Right. So we don't really have that option. And we've got student support, but... They only help to an extent, in my opinion. So I've I've been to them before, but I've had to kind of cut that off. Yeah. And it's like my parents, they, they've got their own stuff going on. They've got my other kids, their other kids to kind of focus on as well. And again, they don't have the proper 
legal training well not legal training but the proper professional yeah training. professional training okay so i think although i go to my parents and my tutors for advice mm. sometimes i don't feel satisfied with the kind of responses that i get yeah um and i suppose that you know people people do the best they they can yeah 100%. from the level of awareness they're at at that moment in time yeah um, and that's nobody's fault. Um, you know, we look back and certainly in my, in my own journey of, you know, the advice, inverted commas, I was given. Uh, yeah. Um, and it led me down some very, very dark um, and destructive paths. But it came from a place of, of where my world was at mm -hmm. by my, yet again, inverted commas, superiors. <coughs> they were doing the best that they could. Yeah. Well, no, so I, I do feel like everyone in my life, they do try their best, but mm. I don't know if it's just me, but I just don't feel satisfied by some of the answers that I get from people sometimes. And I think that's great. You know, honestly, I think that's fantastic. And, and if, if you could probably, you know, and this is maybe something that comes with a bit more uh, with age of understanding the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. But I think that's great because what you've got there is a young inquiring mind that says, I'm not, no. And while ever you're, inverted commas yet again, not happy, you'll be testing boundaries because you'll what you'll know that there's something better. Yeah. And until you find that, you'll keep prodding. I call it prodding and poking. Now, the, the challenge with that, Julia, is without a mentor to guide you, you're going to be doing a lot of prodding and poking that will probably take you, could take you the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the advantage of having a mentor because he or she has been there before you and would say, well, actually, I wouldn't touch that because if you put your finger there, that's called a fire and you're going to get burned. Mm -hmm. So don't prod that one. Don't prod over there because you might, and I believe that mentorship is about gentle guidance based on experience, certainly not telling people what to do. The best teachers kind of gently support you to suggest where you might look. What you perceive you find through your eyes that's your story. Yeah. And own that. So I suppose, so what you've said there then, I mean, obviously the entrepreneurial thing is very, you know, very specific to you. Yeah. Do you feel that there are, you know, let's kind of take it back to that more mainstream, uh, dare I say, young versus old uh, insight. Um, do you think that's indicative of how young people feel pressured nowadays? They've got to do this. They've got to do that. I mean, we've all got to do things whether we like it or not. But I think there's a general shift now in that perception of, cool, the, the old folk are always telling us we've got to do this. Well, that was ever thus. It's always been that way and it always will be that way. It's called society. Mm -hmm. There are rules whether we like them or agree with them and we have to conform within reason. Yeah. So is that indicative? Is that sort of statement for you? Obviously, it is you specifically, Julia. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's also representative of the younger generation per se? Um, I think my opinion kind of is that all the things that we feel like we have to do, mm. like, like this is just my opinion, this is just how I see things, but it's because people around me, my friends, they're succeeding in different areas. Like, for example, I haven't passed my driving test and mm. that is something that keeps, it just keeps winding me up because all my friends have. And it's about staying on the same kind of level as everyone else. I don't want to fall behind because then I'll feel like a failure. So I don't actually feel that, I don't feel that the older people in my life actually 
are expecting me to do anything. I think it's my own pressure and I think it's pressure that's built upon the people that I've got around me and what they're doing and how they're succeeding and how I'm not. Okay, and this is where mentoring, I just this is just, you know, one simple little example. There's a saying, beware of the three C's, and that's criticism, complaint, and the big one is comparison. Yeah. And that's exactly what you've just said yeah. there, isn't it? It's that peer pressure. Well, he or she's, you know, same age as me, give or take, and they've got a car and they've got this and they've got that. And, you know, she, she's she got this and, and, and all this, well, this comparison, it's lethal. I know, yeah. It's lethal because part, I believe, of irrespective, and I'm kind of really going to open this up now um, in, into a society stroke focus, um, it's about being the best we can be. Yeah. And just making that small improvement to ourselves, not for, the, not for others, the reality is others benefit from that, but we benefit because we become happier. And that takes it back to, you know, that that common thread that runs through all of us of happiness. Whether mm-hmm. we're young, old, black, white, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. Culturally, geographic, it's, it's totally irrelevant. It's that happiness that fuels us. And that stood the test of time for all of us. So I think what I would... You know, whether it's you, Julia, I'm interviewing or see uh, somebody that's a lot older or it, the age thing is it's a label. Mm-hmm. As I've said, you know, on many episodes before, I hate labels. Yeah. But society dictates that we, we've got labels. So in effect, this this conversation that we've had between us around this generational focus is actually, for me, a misnomer because what we've got is two people talking massively different perceptions of the world but maybe just maybe if there was more communication between people people would understand each other's worlds better yeah i agree the thing the thing about happiness is for me i don't want to say i can't find happiness at all but one thing that does bring me happiness is when i when i take the dog out and i get to talk to someone that maybe i've never met before or maybe it's someone that i've just met a dog walker mm. and we just have a little chat and sometimes they really make my day and I'd walk around for the rest of the walk with massive smile on my face. Mm. And I think for me, the whole idea of being free, it's, that's what I feel brings me happiness. Okay. So I know it's not, it doesn't sound very good, but the fact that sometimes you have to go to work and you have to go to college, you have, you, you have to do the things that you don't really want to do. Um, within your life that kind of makes me unhappy just because um, it's not we're not kind of free anymore Mm. I put that back to you though Julia that that is events in life are neutral yeah the only power they have whether it's going to college going to work going to a football match going to the disco whatever it is there's such thing as discos anymore I'm showing my age now um is the power we give them, the yeah. emotion we attach. Oh, I like going to that club. Great. But it's neutral. Yeah. The only emotion, it, it's like any relationship. The only power it's got is what you choose to focus mm-hmm. on and give it that energy and that power. So I kind of then challenge people, yet again, irrespective of age, gender, culture, whatever, you, no labels, take that power back. Yeah. You decide what you're going to do when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. Yes, you will need to take action to facilitate 
that journey into a new life. But the reality is if you don't, it's the old saying that if you don't, you'll get the same old thing. Mm -hmm. Your life will be, to quote your term, nine to five, Monday to Friday till the day you die. Yeah. Well, I think that um, we're worth more as human beings, all of us. Yeah. Uh, but that's no disrespect to people that, you know, that work as employees. Absolutely not. Um, you know, some people are very happy doing that. And that's great because mm -hmm. that's, that is the model of the world. And there is no judgment with that. There's no right. There's no wrong. We're all different. And yeah. it's about finding out what works for us. And in the context of yourself, you've said that, you know, that, that you're quite fearful of that, of a future based around that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's we're, I'm still learning. I'm still mm. trying to find myself, and I think that's that's just the thing with young people. We all don't know where we're going to be in the next twenty years. We don't know how our lives are going to pan out, and mm. it could turn out any way. And I think for a lot of young people, that's terrifying, because I also feel like we have to. I mean, obviously, we have to put them steps into place. We have to do the actions to get that result in the future. Mm. So I think. It's just the stress of not knowing, really. Well, yes, I, I can empathise with that. But if I can try and reassure you, just to bring it back to this um, this age focus again, mm -hmm. that irrespective of where you are in life, whether you're a young teenager or whether you're somebody in the more senior years of your life, is actually irrelevant. Yeah. It's how you approach it. And that's why mm -hmm. you get people in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they're doing crazy things that, that you know, young people say, oh, blimey, mm -hmm. you know, wow. You know, he's 76 and he's running a marathon. She's 84 and she's doing this and he's still driving at 90 and all this like, well, yeah, why wouldn't they be? Yeah. But it's this sort of conditioning and this perception, isn't it? So yeah. what, you know... Uh, for me, how I summarise, and I want you to have the last word on this, but how I would summarise it is let's start to create a world without labels. Yeah. Because it's these labels that create these limiting beliefs. They create these self-fulfilling prophecies. I am this. Well, who told you you are that? Mm -hmm. Well, my mum, my dad, my grandmother, whatever, my peers. Right, okay. So because they stuck that label on you, that's who you are then, is it? Yeah. Have you ever questioned that? Have you ever prodded? How does it make you feel? makes me feel unhappy change it then mm -hmm. and that's that's the standard for me that runs throughout life irrespective of age so i just want to sum up um two sort of questions really julie i want you to have the last word or the last words and the first one is as a and i'm going to use a label here young person mm -hmm. what would you say to your peers about the way forward in life what would be your message now if you was having a conversation i was one of your sort of uh, young, dare I say, young teenage mates, and we was having a conversation about life. And, oh, yeah, this is the way forward. What would you be saying is the way forward for life, for progression? Well, to be honest with you, I think throughout this whole thing, I've had a lot of self-realisation. And I think the one thing I'd say to everyone is just, just don't worry, just chill, just do what you want to do, do what makes you happy. I mean, I try and do that, but things get in the way sometimes and, yeah, that's okay. You can yeah. you can get over that, but it is just just do what you want to do. Do what's going to make you the happiest in the long run, and live live your best life. Really. Yeah. In other words, let life happen through you. Yeah. Not to you. 
don't be don't be sort of clinging to the external factors because we go back to that you know events come and go they're neutral life happens but it's only our perception of what's really happening yeah and that's shaped by our experiences by our peers by our environment etc etc so okay so that's a kind of general um insight into um into how you might have a conversation with your peers so you specifically then julia anything going to change as a result of this sort of half an hour or so that we've had together any real breakthroughs well i think i've realized i'm a massive pessimist and there's really no need for me to be like that but i think i'm going to listen to my own words and i'm just going to relax and live do everything that i want to do don't let people around me kind of tell me what i need to do because it's not their life and it's the outcome it doesn't it will work out eventually, won't it? And I need to yeah. stop meticulously planning everything I do because that yeah. just works you up more and it, it adds more pressure that doesn't need to be there. The paralysis of analysis. Mm-hmm. Pick, lick, stick, pick, lick, stick, pick, lick, stick. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, great. Is there anything you want to um, sign off with? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no? Okay, so there you have it, listeners. Um, the, the world through the eyes of a young person. And uh, brackets, an older one as well. So hope you've enjoyed that. Hope you've got some value from it. I've certainly enjoyed the conversation, as I always do, um, but from a viewpoint of, of passing on useful learning. So until the, till the next time, keep loving, keep learning, and keep mastering life. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.